Welcome to the Pinelander Podcast, the official podcast of Pineland, broadcasting to you from an undisclosed location deep inside Pineland, where we discuss faith, family, finances, firearms, freedom, food, and everything else in between with those who believe in living free and living out the values that made this country free. All right, welcome to the Pinelander Podcast. My name is Paula Favor. I'm here with my Ranger buddy, Mike Blackburn. Uh, today is Sunday, uh, 16 July, 2023. Uh, normally, we do this on a Friday, but uh, I got blown out of the G-Base. Yeah, and, yeah. And now I'm in a new G-Base. Uh, and, you know, there, there's a lot of box I'm looking at. Uh, and I'm getting used to uh, the sights and smells, uh, the five Fs, right, of this uh, this new piece of uh, earth but uh but it's good i survived for those not familiar with the five f's <laughs> yeah i think are we gonna put on the spot here yeah, yeah it's like you remember? Uh, let's see uh-oh here we go fuel? uh i think it's gonna be fuel food mm-hmm. uh fire feces feces and uh there's one we're, we're forgetting uh, we're, man you guys out there are laughing at us help right us. now help yeah. us anyway whatever but uh yeah uh but yeah it's good Moving is good. Moving is also very stressful. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about this the other day that uh, they often say this. There's like the three of the most stressful things you can ever do in your entire life. One is build a house. Uh, second one is uh, moving. Yep. And the third I forgot because I'm forgetting all kinds of stuff. But It's right there with that fifth F. Yeah. But, but I, it's right up there, man. But, you, know. you know, the thing about it, you know, anytime I move. And I hate moving. I mean, I think yeah. any—I don't know of anybody that enjoys moving because it's just a pain yeah. in the butt. But the one good thing I can say about it is you always—you know—you're pulling stuff out of all the little cubby holes and out of the closets and, and everything else. And you—you <laughs> you sit there and you go, "Man, why do I still have this? And what's this thing? Yeah, we're, what we're, is this? And why? You know, I haven't—you yeah. know—I I haven't seen this thing in years. And and like, why am I keeping it? Yeah. And you—you—I you, uh, was saying this the other day. Uh, you don't know what you have until you move. And you you uh, you don't know what you've lost until you you know you've just lived without it for so long. You're like, oh, there's that one thing. There's a good part of this too, is it was an, it enabled me to purge some stuff. Yeah. So I, I think I did something like five trips to the dump with uh, with the truck, and uh, you know some things clandestinely because some people didn't speak about you know for it, and then it just had to it had to go. It was I, in the garage already. I, I had to I had to do. Um... Well, some downsizing. I mean, I'm not, yeah. I'm not moving, but I did try. I have been trying to do some downsizing, but just uh, accumulate so much. Junk. I, I, uh, I did something that I never thought that I would, you know, have the strength to do, if you will. And uh, I like books. Okay. Um, oh yeah. And I have some bookshelves, and, and I have a lot of books, and yeah. I actually boxed up probably oh six, seven, eight boxes wow of you know and, and you you've been in my house it's mostly hardbacks i mean i got a yeah. lot of, i got a lot of nice books um and donated them to the the, uh, the public library wow that can be an emotional event so um yeah. but you know that was just like a big thing i was looking at that i was taking up my entire office and i was just like yeah. you know what i mean i've got to downsize and i'm gonna yeah. start and uh so yeah you have to you have to kind of evaluate tough. our your stuff yep. once oh military gear my goodness yeah 
Um, I sold a bunch of that crap at a yard sale recently because I'm just, you know, I'm holding on to things that I'm never, ever going to use again. And there's just yep. really no need for it, you know? Yeah. It got you. Uh, you know, I looked at some of this stuff and I evaluated and I was like, hey, I'm not, uh, you know, somebody that's going to, you know, hold on to stuff, you know, sentimental. Uh, I have other men, members of the family, they're sentimental. They want to hold on to those things. Me, I'm like, hey, if it doesn't have a need, then, you know, it's like a three-second rule. It's like... You know, if I don't need that. It's not going to go up somewhere. No, it has no value. No, otherwise you keep going up in, yeah. in house size. You know, you go from a twenty five hundred yeah. to a three thousand to a thirty. I mean, when's it end? Yeah, yeah. You really, you, you, I think you really have to do that. And I think, especially as you know, you and I have gotten older. Yeah. Um. You know, we're just look. You know, we've accumulated a lot of crap, and it's just yeah. time that you know you start unloading the rucksack, so to so to speak. You know, <laughs> absolutely. Light, light, lighten up the ruck. Yeah, and I had. Uh, so the interesting thing I was thinking about this, uh, keeping a moving theme, right? And I was doing a little bit of a, a personal Bible study this week. Uh, and uh, as I'm reading through the Bible again, and for those of you that haven't read through the Bible, I would challenge you to do that. Uh, you can actually do that. You should do that once a year. Uh, one of my uh, great heroes, uh, his name was George Mueller. He, it was said that he read the Bible over 200 times. And the guy had a serious prayer life. And, uh, you know, so the, the thing is, if you want to saturate your prayers um, and to, to have more powerful prayers and, you know, saturate them with uh, God's Word. And what better way to know uh, the mind of God than uh, to read His Word? And, you know, if you're new to the Pinelander podcast, we do this a lot. We talk about, uh, you know, faith, firearms, uh, you know, equal enthusiasm, you know, a Bible in one hand, gun in the other. And that's okay. Uh, and so I hope you're okay with hearing these types of things. If not, you can just go to another station. Yeah, if you're but not, you'll miss out. Yeah, yeah, if you're not, that's okay too. Yeah. But uh, you'll we, miss, are, yeah. we are uniquely American. We're, yeah. you know, we're Western uh, civilization chauvinists. And, uh, you know, we, that's yes. just who we are. You know, we, we love Western. Chauvinists. Yeah, we, we, love, we love Western <laughs> civilization. And uh, we love Americana and everything about it. Absolutely. So what I was looking at is uh, Numbers 33. So I was reading, and uh, for those of you who are not familiar with that, you know, Numbers, uh, the book of Numbers is in the Old Testament. So it's part of the, uh, the Tanakh, uh, the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. It was written by the prophet Moses. And uh, Numbers 33, uh, and I just love the sound. You hear those pages turning? Yeah. I just love the sound of that. So at church, when I hear the, the pages turn like that, ah, oh, it's so nice. Uh, numbers 33 actually is different. Uh, a lot of people think of numbers and they think, ah, oh, this is going to be really boring, right? Because uh, the beginning of numbers is, uh, it's a census. Uh, because it was a census that was taken before uh, two of them. One before uh, when they first came out uh, of Egypt. You know, Israel came out of Egypt. God brought them out with a mighty hand, ten plagues. Uh, and that census was taken, and uh, but then that generation sinned they uh refused to go into the promised land uh they sent out the 12 spies uh, joshua and caleb and 10 others that aren't named it's kind of like those that they won't be named but joshua and caleb came back after a 40-day reconnaissance and they they had a good report and they said hey look we can go up we can take the land the lord is with us the promised land is awesome and these other 10 bubbas you know they were debbie downers and they uh they just 
spoiled everything and said, hey, uh, they, they had this negative influence on the people, and then the people refused to go. They said, there's giants in the land. They're going to they're gonna kill us and our families. And Anyway, they didn't listen to Joshua and Caleb, and, uh, and that, sadly, that generation spent 40 years no. in the wilderness. There's a couple other things I think are, are curious about uh, Joshua and Caleb. And particularly Caleb, if I if my memory serves me correct, if it doesn't, yeah. I'm sure you'll correct me. But um, they were from two tribes. One was from the tribe of Judah. That's right. The other one was from the tribe of Ephraim. That's right. What's curious about Caleb, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, yeah. was uh, he was not born in Israel. He was adopted in. He was from a uh, you know when when the Exodus occurred. Uh, and and you can read about this yourself. You know, I mean, there's all kinds of people that jumped on that party wagon. Okay, yeah. these these dudes are coming out, and there's a lot of people going. I'm going with them. Okay, <clears throat> they just witnessed all the plagues, and yeah. you know, there was a lot of people that became believers. Okay, uh, because how could you not? Okay, and when Israel punched out, a lot of people were like joined in, and Caleb was one of those individuals that joined in and rose within the tribe of uh, Ephraim. Uh, I think I got that right. Um, very quickly, and became a leader within Ephraim, even though he's not, you know, genetically DNA from you know, mm. one of the twelve uh, original sons, and um, was uh, selected by Ephraim to represent them as a spy to go into the promised land. And his faith was so great that he believed everything that uh, God had said about the promised land. He came back and he was like, "Yeah, it's everything. It's everything that he said." Mm. Uh, yeah, so, I wasn't I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. No, I mean that's absolutely true because that's who we are. I mean, we're uh as Gentiles, you know, if you look in the New Testament and in the old, uh those who wanted to be a part of the people of God could. You know, in the Old Testament they were circumcised, they were proselytized, uh they were God fears and they were in just in in uh you know, wrapped in the fold of the people of God. And so, yeah, that that's uh there's only one people of God. And uh, that's awesome. I didn't know that. And, well, and uh, the the cool thing about that, too, is, uh, you know, uh, it doesn't matter, you know, what your DNA is. That's true. I don't. Yeah. I mean, it's, I all, love that. it's all through Scripture. I mean, right, the natural the natural yeah. branch and the and the, the grafted in. Um, the only requirement is that you want to be in the family, right? Yeah. I mean, if you want to be in the covenant or you don't. Yeah. It's if not you, about. If, uh, if you want God to be your God or you say you don't. I mean. Israel has a choice. Israel had a choice, and others have a choice as well. You either want to be in the family or you don't. Yeah. That's as simple as that. Yeah, I think. Uh, how's it go? Uh, it's not the, uh, that we have the same blood as Abraham, but we have the same faith as him. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the, the, the interesting thing about numbers is uh, that generation uh, failed, uh, and then a second generation rose up. Their children they were worried about. Uh, getting hurt, they actually entered the promised land where their fathers didn't. And, uh, of course, the Bible also says that God was faithful during that whole time. That's what Numbers 33 is all about, really, is God's faithfulness. So if you look at it, you know, um, I want to hit some highlights of it and kind of talk about uh, some of the meaning of it uh, for us today, okay? So this is kind of a little bit of a Bible study here. But Numbers 33, 1 says, uh, these are the journeys of the children of Israel who went out of the land of Egypt by their armies under the hand of Moses and Aaron. 
Now Moses wrote down the starting points of their journeys at the command of the Lord. And these are the journeys according to their starting points. Okay, then verses 3 uh, to 49 uh, is really, this is going to give us the, the catalog. Uh, and I'm just going to hit some of these, okay? So first, they verse 3, they, they departed from Ramses in the first month on the 15th day of the first month, and the day after the, the Passover. The children of Israel went out with boldness in the sight of all the Egyptians. For the Egyptians were burying all their firstborn, whom the Lord had killed among them. Also on their gods, the Lord had executed judgments. Uh, and then skip down uh, to verse 38. Then Aaron the priest went up to Mount Hor at the command of the Lord and died there in the 40th year after the children of Israel had come out of the land of Egypt on the first day of the fifth month. So it goes from verse 4 all the way to 38. There's 40 years in between that. And you have 42 encampments that are enumerated. And some of these... Um, yeah, some of these speak of the Lord's faithfulness to Israel and providing their needs in the desert. And then uh, there's other places that speak of Israel's rebellion and the, and the, their sinning against the Lord. And then there's another category where there's nothing that particularly uh, spectacular happened. Right. And the interesting thing, when I, I want to suggest to us that there's three, these three categories teach us something. Um, and the first thing we see in the first category is the Lord's faithfulness. Uh, he, he brought them out of Egypt. So something awesome about this uh, is by the command of God, Moses had to enumerate these. So um, the first thing is uh, there's something that we're taught in these 42 stages of the journey. Uh, and I looked at this this week. I looked at it that all of us were on the journey. Okay, not to get, I'm not a mystic. He's a mystic and, you know, run away. But, <laughs> but the idea is all of us, when God calls us, we, we have a starting point in this spiritual journey. I'm not talking about when you were born. I'm talking about when you uh, started walking with the Lord, when you were, when you were born again, right? When, uh, you know, you became a new creation. Um, and so I'm speaking in a Christian sense. Uh, but it begins first. Look at this. Uh, verse 5, the children of Israel moved from Ramses and camped at Sukkoth. Now, Sukkoth means tabernacles. Mm -hmm. That's the actual, booth. yeah, booths. So that's why you have the Feast of Booths. There's three uh, mandatory, you know, feasts. And one of those, the Feast of Booths, it happens in the month of Tishri. And they actually would make these, uh, you know, booths out of branches, palm branches and, and such, and live in those to commemorate coming out of Egypt. Uh, and then the second one, you look at uh, verse 6, they departed from Sukkoth and camped at Ethem, which is on the edge of the wilderness. And Ethem means with them. So, and you, the point of this is you start to see with these place names, uh, this, cata this catalog, you see uh, a little bit of a story that's developed. So I just want to hit a couple of big ones here. Yeah, what's coming? Uh, yeah, yeah. Now, there's, there's a couple things, because I think we're going to, you know, progress through this this chapter, if you will. But there's a couple things I just wanted to bring up. Um, that's just a good, in, you know, useful information, I suppose. Yeah. Now, if you notice in, in verse 3, and, I, and it just, you know, they departed Ramses in the first month, on the 15th day of the first month, on the morrow after the Passover, uh, they came up uh, and went out of, of 
on a high hand, right, in the sight of all the Egyptians. Now, that's not January 15th. So I, I think it's important for everyone. I think a lot yeah, of times today the 15th we... 15th in the sun. Well, and, yeah. and, and of course, the names of months came much later. Sure, okay, that's, sure. That's not there. You won't even find months of names of months in, in Scripture because they, they didn't exist. But it's the first month, which is uh, commonly referred to as the month of Abib. Yeah, okay, green sure. Years. Um, but that's Passover. Now, remember the original Passover, just, just a, you know, if you haven't seen the movie, that's when the angel of death passed over the land of Egypt and took all of the firstborn males, yeah. right? Beast and human, mm-hmm. because all firstborn males belong to God. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think that's, that's interesting just to know that. It's not the Roman Gregorian calendar is relatively new. Uh, but the nice thing about this, too, is it really it gives you an idea of, of when uh, things occurred. And, and if you don't understand, so this is, you know, it's a high, uh, the 15th is a, is, a, is a full moon, okay? So when it came out of Ramses, it's, it's, it's very light, okay? Uh, full moon shining. Uh, they, they went out, they left Ramses under a full moon, it says so. That whole day they're probably getting... Uh, in, it says that they're getting put in martial array. So all the tribes are are meeting. Um, they're all getting organized. Uh, they're all, of course, they've all been packed and they're ready for this. They know this is coming. They've they've uh, stayed up all night because of the Passover. They had uh, sandals on their feet. They had their staffs in their hand. Uh, as soon as that sun uh, rose on the fifteenth, they all headed and started to uh, assemble and meet. And they got organized uh, according to their tribe. And by that evening, under a full moon, they departed uh, Ramses. So that's what's kind of going on here. Uh, and this is, a, this is a high, this is a Sabbath, it's a high Sabbath, the, de- the departure from Ramses. Okay. Uh, so that's kind of, it's kind of nice when you go through numbers because it actually gives you, you can actually track these movements and uh, how long they take in and how long they were at places, because it does a very good job of, of kind of marking it on the calendar for us. Yeah, no, absolutely right. The, uh, it's the first, if you, uh, it mirrors uh, the book of Exodus, uh, where the Lord says, this is the beginning of your months. It's in the springtime. Yeah, and so the, uh, the other thing is, uh, this was, uh, unfortunately, uh, it, when you read the, the Old Testament, you see uh, if the people would have been faithful, they could have entered the, in. Uh, the promised land, but they, you know, they, uh, they, uh, they were not courageous no. uh, and they didn't believe that the Lord would be, you know, would be faithful to them. And that's the other thing. When you look at all this too, uh, despite the grumblings, there's really 10 grumblings that you see in numbers. Numbers is an interesting book, but there's 10 times the Lord says these people of yours, Moses have, you know, rebelled against me uh, and yet the Lord is still faithful. And uh, the interesting thing that uh, you see again and again is Moses, who's a type of Christ, he intercedes for the people. And uh, God says, look, I'm just going to smite them, and I'll make of you another, uh, you know, a people. Yeah, we'll just start over. Yeah, we'll just start over. And, and uh, you know, Moses, uh, who intercedes for them, he stands in the gap, and, yeah. and, uh, and God relents from, uh, you know, the disaster that he was going to bring their way. When I was younger, Paul, and, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on this, I, I would read this, and I'd be like, how did these people, like, not get it? I mean, they went, yeah, through, they exactly. went, they went through the plagues. They've seen yeah. fantastic miracles take place. Why? What are they doubting here? Yeah. 
Exactly. But I'll be honest with you. I, I, well, we do it too. Well, you know what? And that's yeah. really, I think maturity has taught yeah. me over time that oh, yeah. we are no different today than they were then. Absolutely. Uh, you know, just a little example. I mean, for one, you know, the, uh, they're cr- they crossed the Red Sea. And uh, the Egyptians tried to do it, and they're, they all drown. Mm-hmm. And they see that. Yeah. They see it with their own eyes. And then not long after that, they're grumbling about water. Yeah. And you're like, guys, right? Yeah. But, 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 but yeah. Wouldn't, we, wouldn't we do the same yeah. today, though? I, and I have done this. Look, uh, and I've said this, probably the, those who are listening and know my story. I was shot in the neck. Uh, I had a bullet go through my neck, uh, you know, in Iraq in combat. And I, that's usually a showstopper. So that was a that was a miraculous deliverance. I mean, that was supernatural. I should have been I should have died right there. And you think that something like that, living through that, would you would remind you? But you know, sometimes when you get stretched financially, right? You you still sin by going. Uh, you know, I think, what was me? And and even if you've done everything right, you know, if you're not you're not responsible and you're suffering, well, then then you're just stupid. But like, if you're doing everything right, you go. I don't know how that's going to work. And you go, you know what? But I just, he just, I've just seen the Lord's faithfulness. Why would I do that if I should have been dead, but I'm not? And I've done the same thing. As, I think you know, we do. I think we do it every day. I think every yeah. day we are, uh, I hate to say it, seduced. I don't even know if that's the right word to use, but sort of seduced by the world around us, um, yeah. sort of drawn into it. Like oh, yeah. it's very easy to take our eyes off the ball Yeah, and sort of get, caught up in all the distractions of, of the world. Yeah. And I guess that's what, I guess that's what they were going through. Yeah. This is what I love about numbers 33 is you see these place names, right? Uh, there's a couple more right, to go on. We got Succoth, we got Etham. Yeah. And then you have, uh, uh, verse seven, they moved from Etham and turned back to Piharoth, which is east of Baal Zephon. And they camped near Migdal. Uh, no, Pi-ha-eroth means the beginning of wrath. That's what that means. Uh, and then they go, look at where they go here. This is Bel-Safon. where uh, Belsafon, yeah. they camp near Migdal. Uh, they, uh, then you have, you know, they go, they cross. Look in verse 9. They move from Mara and came to Elim. Mara means bitterness and rebellion. Now, it's at Mara is where uh, Moses struck the rock. He was instructed to do that, and water came out. And and uh, but here's what my point is. But wasn't he wasn't he instructed to speak? Well, that's the second time. Okay. Yeah, the second time he was instructed to speak to the rock, and, and he he, he, he got pissed. Yes. And struck it, and that's why he wasn't able to enter right. the promised land. Right. Yeah. So he like wasn't it. following the Lord's instruction, but he was just at that point he just had it with these people. Frustration. Yeah, very very frustrated. What a, I mean, just a, you know, I just got to stop there. Think about how great an example. What a good. Teaching that is about leadership. You know, you can get, how often can you just get pissed as a father, as a leader, as a boss, whatever, and you can just lose it and, uh, you know, just a little bit because you're the, you're the thermostat, the emotional thermostat for your family, for everything. You lose it and everything goes sideways. sideways. Was, the question I always had, was Israel naming these locations that they went to? Uh, this, you know, that's a good question. I'm not sure. But it's because recorded. it seems like it. Yeah. Because it kind of seems like it. Yeah. It almost seems like they're divinely inspired names. I think so, too. 
Um, and some of these had a name already attached to them. Yeah. But some of these, I think they're they're naming them. There's a so they're the naming conventions on Israel. Okay. Right. And, and then at Mara, you know, of course they rebelled. And here was my point: is despite the fact that we look back, if uh, you know, if you were to know the history of Israel, uh, and you go, well, that's where they did this, that, and the other. But you know what? You're just given this list, and they're not. There's no commentary that says. Uh, they sinned terribly. They did that and the other. Mm-hmm. And this this spoke to me. You know, if you didn't already know Israel's history of rebellion, you wouldn't know from this account uh, that these things actually happened like that. And this reminds us of God's faithfulness. I love how God passes in silence over Israel's unfaithfulness as well, he's faithful. It just speaks a lot I've uh, always, to me. I've always, um, you know, and I, I constantly have to remind our you know, remind myself and, and remind um, my family members yeah. that, you know, relationships are difficult. And a relationship with God is, you know, <laughs> probably the, the most difficult, if you will. Um, Israel, one who struggles with El, one yeah. who struggles with Elohim, in what relationship has anyone been in that's meaningful that hasn't been a struggle? Yeah. I mean, there's ups and downs. I, I'll take my marriage for as an example. There's there's highs and lows, but it's a constant commitment. But there's a struggle with that as as two people are trying to um, perfect yeah. the union. Okay, and and I think it I think it's the same thing with Israel as a people, us as a people, with a relationship with God. It's something that we are. You know, we rebel at, we, there's a tug and pull type of relationship. There's kind of like, we want our way, and God's like, no, it needs to be this way. But I think that's all part of that relationship. I mean, that, yeah. any, any thoughts on that, Paul? Yeah, I think, uh, no, that's absolutely right. I mean, when you said marriage, too, you know, marriage, uh, the relationship of marriage mirrors uh, the ultimate, most important relationship, that is with, uh, you know, you and the Lord, uh, the church and Christ. I mean, that's... That's the mirror of it. Yeah, so uh, it takes time. That's the other thing you brought up is uh, how many people say they have faith, but they you know, they don't pray, they don't read the Bible. They don't, you know, in prayer, God also speaks to your soul. And so they they have a, they say they have a relationship with the Lord, but there's really nothing going on. I mean, I wonder if you took that same idea and used it with your spouse and see how that would go. There's no time. Imagine you don't speak to your spouse at all. And, uh, yeah, I, mean, and I, we, I don't think it's going to go very well. Well, I mean, I think it's akin to maybe somebody saying um, they believe in marriage. Yeah. They believe in the importance of it, uh, but they themselves don't practice it. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people um, may be sort of in that camp, if you will, when it comes to um, their relationship with God. They they, they need God to exist. Um, maybe they've, they, they understand that evil exists. They can, they can see that, you know. So therefore, uh, if evil exists, then there must be a good. Uh, and that is the God. Um, so that doesn't necessarily mean they have a relationship when they, when, uh, if you say, hey, do you believe in God? Yes, of course I believe in God. Uh, yeah, but do you have a relationship? Are you in a struggle with it? Are you in a, you know, are, 
Are you trying to get the most out of it? Are you trying to understand it and you know live according to uh, the, the requirements of that relationship? Mm. Uh, the answer is probably no for most people. Um, but yeah, today we would encourage you to work on that relationship and and get in that struggle. Uh, it's not it's not easy, but yeah. it's certainly worthwhile, right? Amen. Yeah, I mean. Uh... Uh, we know a, a man who wrote a book about that once. Uh, <laughs> the marriage is a four-letter four word. It's work. Yeah, yeah. and uh, maybe, you know, uh, here's the other good thing about this is um, look at what it says about, uh, you know, if you know your word, the Bible. Look, verse 20, they departed from Remnon Perez and came at uh, Libna. Uh, and, you know, at Remnon Perez was where, uh, you know, Moses, we, you spoke about that. Moses uh, struck the rock instead of speaking to it. Uh, but rather than that, you know, speaking about that, it just kind of passes over in silence, that sin. And it, so it's just a simple act, uh, just mentions it. And then in verse 38, you know, Aaron, of course, uh, that's when God called him home. He was in full vigor. It was just not geriatric at all, but God called him up and he died at the command of God. And uh, his priestly garments went on Eleazar, and, and uh, he went up on the mountain and died. I just love that account. Uh, and so it presents this uh, as a simple act of obedience to command of God, to die at the command of God. I love that. And it, all that really reminds me of uh, the Lord's faith, forgetfulness in his faithfulness. Mm. And so the Lord is forgetful of our past sins. You know, we repent of those sins, we believe. Uh, uh, by grace through faith, we're saved uh, in Christ alone. And we, we know the Bible teaches us that our sins are uh, cast away from us as far as the east is from the west. So far, the psalmist says, has God removed our transgressions from us. And so I love that, how uh, God is forgetful of our past wrongs. I had uh, forgot, I had that's forgot, awesome. I had forgotten all about that until you mentioned it. Yeah. Um, and that's Psalm 103 and, uh, that well, I was I, quoting to. I mean, Aaron, I mean, died there in the 40th year after the children of Israel were come out of the land of Egypt in the in the first day of the fifth month. Um, first day of the fifth month, that would be the new moon day, commonly known and referred to as the new moon. But um, that's just amazing. I mean, he died at the command of God at 123 years. Yeah. I'm sorry, but I mean, I, I can't think of any better way to go. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, that's not, that's not you know. Uh, what a way rotten, to go. Rotten yeah. away in an old folks home, you know, wishing somebody would come and visit you, right? Yeah. And, and, and hoping somebody comes and changes your diaper. Yeah. I mean, it's none of that. It's not, it's not uh, suffering from a disease over years with pain and, and suffering. I mean, you yeah. got to think the guy was just doing what he's supposed to be doing, right, as, as the high priest. And it was just his time. I mean, it's just amazing. Yep. And then, uh, of course, as we were saying before, uh, Aaron and Moses were leaders. Uh, so I like James uh, 3, 1. It also says this, My brethren, uh, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. And uh, so this, this reminds me that, uh, you know, the Lord could kill you. He'll, he'll t- kill you to take you home. This is a time for us to be born and a time to, for us to die. Mm-hmm. And uh, as the Word of God says, but uh, the Lord uh, holds leaders 
to a stricter judgment. There's no and, doubt. Yeah, and and uh, rather than you uh, show your butt and uh, run amok and make him look bad and the church look bad, he could just rather kill you and take you home. Uh, and I think uh, you know, Aaron did die for sinning against the Lord. We're told that Moses also. So, but God just chose God chose to take him home that way. And the the beauty of this just an act of obedience on the part of Aaron. Just to, that's, that's, you don't hear of him complaining about. No, that's it absolutely and, huge what you yeah. just said because um, if it had I struck the rock, I mean I'd have been fine. I was not in a position to be held to that type type of accountability. Um, and that that's amazing. So when you know to much you know what what is that a, a famous Spider Man quote from the movie? I mean. To, to whom much is given, much is expected. I mean, I remember something, you know, hearing that in a movie, but... Uh, yeah, it's New Testament. Yeah, yeah, New Testament, yeah. But, I mean, my point is... Uh, Luke, I think it's Luke uh, 12, 48. And the scripture. You know, much is given, uh, much is much required. Much is expected, right? Okay, yeah, but, you know, yeah. um, but that's true, yeah. okay? Um, and, and we see that right there in Scripture. So when you are in a leadership position, I mean, uh, that doesn't mean, you know, you can kind of get by with... Uh, some of the nonsense that a lay person can get by yeah. with, you're held at a much higher standard. Absolutely. Yeah. I and think I th- we lose sight of that. I think we totally do. Uh, and so that's, those are the places that speak of Israel uh, where they rebelled against the Lord. And uh, God just, just think about that too. Think of all of the dumb things that you've done. Uh, and then how, uh, you know, if you're not a, say you're not a believer, say you're not, you haven't uh, placed your saving trust in Christ and, repented, uh, then think of all the things the Lord could use against you. Uh, but, you know, by grace through faith, we know that, uh, uh, and we're getting, this is a Bible study here, so I uh, hope you're, you're with your Bibles and you're used to hearing these type of words, but the idea is uh, our sins are going to be uh, in one or two places at the end of all time. It will be on your own head or on the head of Christ, and that's it. Uh, so you can uh, those sins could be paid for, or you'll pay for them forever. Uh, and and the beauty of this is, the Lord just passes over those. It's like you didn't sin at all. That's the beauty. The beauty of it. It doesn't mean you just live however you want, uh, but by uh, being having your sins forgiven, uh, then you live uh, the rest of your life in gratitude for that and obedience of the law, obedience of the Word of God. And then there's that. Uh, that third category I was talking about is really where uh, you see these different place names and there's really nothing that kind of stands out. Nothing really where you think, uh, nothing really in particular that happened uh, really special, uh, especially if you were there, of course. But the idea I think of that is uh, even though there's no special uh, mention of it, uh, and it could be totally unknown, nothing significant's happening. Uh, just think about all those things that happen in our life, all those seemingly insignificant places that you think this is kind of a, a just a Tuesday. It's just a Monday. There's nothing really special about it, but that but yet God is there orchestrating events nonetheless, faithful, bringing us uh, the day. Uh, uh, the sun still rises, still sets, the seasons, everything, the, the way the Lord created it. And uh, think of all of these uh, uh, these providential acts that happen, uh, and we think it's just an accident. But it just 
things happen and God's faithful nonetheless. Uh, I can think of so many of examples of that. I mean, especially when you uh, survive some type of near, uh, like I say, a head-on collision I had, uh, almost, <laughs> a near head-on collision I had about a month ago. And, uh, you know, it, it could have been catastrophic. I was in uh, driving to work, and somebody just kind of maybe was looking at their cell phone and texting and just swerved over into my lane. And, uh, you know, I I was watching. I don't text while I drive. And so I had to, you know, avert that. But it seemed like that person looked up at the last second and gave me – they helped also, but we right. would have been in a head-on collision. And I just thought about that, that even those type of moments, those aren't accidents. And it, I think it was a Tuesday. But think of all those times that we don't really understand, we're not really switched on, that we could have died in that particular moment, taking out the trash, whatever. And, and, uh, but the Lord was faithful even then. In those times, we don't think they're, they're any type of special day or there's no parting of the Red Sea, you no, know, I, but still something well, is happening. Well, you and I... Um, yeah, and I think you and I are are of the same of opinion on on the fact that um, I you know our day our days are numbered. Yeah, I you know I I believe that. I mean, I think when it's my time, it's my time. Um, I have I don't know. I just that's just me. I think most yeah. warriors that have actually thought about this, um, you know, hopefully have come to sort of peace with that idea. Because, uh, like you, like you mentioned, I mean, there's if you live long enough, you could probably recount, you know, times when you're going, and how did I survive that, you know? Yeah. Um, and I don't know if it's our own doing or I, I'm not much on luck. Um, so, I think that's a good point that you bring up, and I and I think it brings a lot of peace to to warriors generally, who uh, have that sort of mindset. Yeah, uh, you know, Job fourteen, five. Uh, says, since his days are numbered, this is speaking of man, since his days are numbered, the number of his months is with you. You have appointed his limits so that he cannot pass. Yeah, we know, we know according to Scripture, I believe that's 120 years today, but yeah. I think uh, beyond that, I think each one of us individually has a set. Yeah. Yeah, do you believe that? Yeah, there is, uh, I believe there's a precise moment of your birth and death of, you know, that's a good thing. We don't know that, right? But uh, that is known to God, and there's a set time. Uh, and then, of course, you have because you know I believe in providence. Yeah. You know, providence is uh, God's orchestration of all things for His glory and our good. Uh, God's works of providence are His uh, governing, preserving, uh, and, uh, and I think I'm just messing up the shorter catechism here. But <laughs> uh, you know, all it, it, it's all. Uh, creatures and their actions. That's the idea. So there's a, it's called a law of second causes. So even uh, by the, uh, the law of second causes means that sin doesn't originate in God, but God stands above all actions and, and uh, orchestrates all events anyway. And you, of course, if you read Job, you see that. Uh, you know, God doesn't bring the bad things on Job, but he, he uses those things for good in the end. And, uh, you know, some people yeah, basically, that... Uh, basically unleashes, you know, uh, yeah. you know Satan onto, onto Job. But, uh, yeah, and that, the idea is... Uh, it puts a left and right limit on him. Every, the idea is everybody works for God. Right. There's, there's nobody that's not 
uh, you know, under uh, under his superintendent, under uh, his purview. Yeah. Uh, and and the beauty of uh, when you look back at Numbers thir- uh, thirty three, you look at this list, and I ad- I've asked myself, you know, why do we have this list? Why were these encampments? enumerated by the command of God. Why did were these written down? I think there's also uh, a, a story within this list. Now, I, I mentioned that earlier. The first one is Sukkoth. That means tabernacles. Uh, if you go back to our text, I believe that was uh, verse 4. Just tell yeah. me if I'm wrong here. No, that's right. I mean, it's, uh, you know, you, you mentioned the Feast of Tabernacles, the, the, the Feast of Succoth, the Feast of Booth. I mean, it's got lots of different names. Uh, yeah. The Feast of Ingathering. Um, but it's in the fall. Uh, Sucketh means booth, so they, they did live in temporary um, houses, tents, during their, their travels in the wilderness. Um, yeah. But that's why I was asking you, because, yeah. uh, and I think you are right, I think some of these places that they camped um, were probably existed prior to their arrival. But I do believe, because it is, you know, you bring this up, why list them? Yeah. And, and in some of these things, it's just a name. Okay, they were just here. So that tells me uh, what little I do know about Hebrew is that Hebrew is a very rich language. And unlike English, it's a, a language that conveys more of an idea. So in Hebrew, you're supposed to get all the imagery associated with the words and all the things that, it, that, uh, that you think of when you think of that, that image. And so I'm, I'm thinking that's probably maybe perhaps what the author's doing here is providing a lot of imagery and meaning in these names that they, that they stayed at. Am, am I, yeah, absolutely. Am I wrong? Or? Now, that's where I was going is uh, like, like just a name alone, what it means. Sukkoth means tabernacles. So just imagine this. Uh, you're on a journey. Uh, yeah. Our feet are bound for the city of God, for Zion, right? Heavenly Zion. This is uh, Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12 says, you, you know, when you come to Christ, you haven't come to Sinai. You've come to Zion. And so we're actually part of Zion, and are, we're actually going to Zion at the same time. And that's the, uh, the dichotomy of, uh, you know, being, in, being uh, in Christ and also bound for heaven. And so we're on a journey. The, the, the tabernacles at first means, oh. you know, that God is with you. Yeah, you know the that's why John one fourteen says the Word became flesh and dwelt among them. God, God, Emmanuel means God with us, and so we have that sense that God's with you on the journey. Uh, the third P Hiaroth that was uh, really uh, when they crossed the Red Sea, and so the idea with that is you know the Apostle Paul uses in First Corinthians ten uh, that uh, you know all Israel was baptized into Moses. And so, when you're baptized, you're, you're, uh, you know, you're saying you're with, you're associated with Christ. You're not associated with the world, and you're buried with Christ in baptism, raised to walk in newness of life. And so, baptism is, you're not going back anymore. And that's the idea that you leave Egypt, you're not coming back. And uh, but when you see all these stages, it it reminds us that, you know, there's going to be there's some work to do. Uh, to uh, on your end, uh, right. and so as uh, you know, as a believer, we're not sinless, but we sin less, and over time, we become more obedient. Right. We learn the ways of God. We learn the law. We learn the commandments. Because the, and, ba- and, the baptism, yeah. if I'm if I'm if I'm right here, my understanding 
is an appeal for a clear conscience. Yeah. So that's that's what you know. It's 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 washing off the old man. Sure. But it doesn't mean the old man is necessarily the old gone man is still entirely. There. Yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah. you're right. I mean, just because you know you're, you're trying to get this fresh conscience, you know, yeah. sort of um, take the burden of your guilt mm-hmm. and things like that off of you, so that you can kind of focus on the newness of tomorrow. Yeah. There's still work to be done. I think that's that's very important that you brought yeah. that up. Yeah. And, and then, I think that's where Israel was really having some difficulty. Absolutely. They kept looking back. They did. The uh, the problem that Israel had is that, yeah, they kept looking back. Oh, that we could be back in Egypt and the great food and all that stuff. And then the other thing they had was what was in front of them were the giants. So like the uh, uh, the 10th stage is Rephidim. All right, that's when they met the giants uh, and... So Rephidim actually, uh, the name is, suggests separation, a division, and uh, so this reminds us that as you know, as we're coming into now, I'm using uh, a metaphor here of uh, a spiritual promised land. You know, so as the idea is, you know, ultimately the promised land is a new heavens and a new earth. Mm-hmm. That's when this earth will be renewed by fire. Will be a new uh, heaven and earth will be one place. And heaven will be amazing, uh, but uh, in our own spiritual journey, there's a sense we're gonna, you know, God leaves the giants in the land, and uh, they got to be waylaid, and they also want to uh, inhabit the place you're living, mm-hmm. and that they have to be removed. And uh, when they were encountered, uh, as Israel encountered them, uh, without prayer, and you remember. Of course, Moses, when his hands were upraised, uh, and Joshua was fighting, uh, if those hands were not kept lift up, lifted up, then the army waned. Right. And, and so it reminds us that, uh, yeah, we're going to fight our battles. We're going to fight battles, but there's a spiritual counterpart to that. And if it's not maintained, uh, it doesn't matter you know, how well you can shoot. Right. You know, uh, because we, we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. Are real in them now. I'm not saying don't have a gun and be able to use it. And train hard, but and train well. But but someone still needs to keep Moses' arms. Yeah, up. but the real battle <laughs> is not with flesh and blood, and that's and, right. and that's really what you see behind the encampments. And there's so many other things in the in the encampments. Uh, what I love about it too is it ends in the 42nd stage uh, at Avil Shittim. And that is where, you know, they're camped out. They're just prior to Jericho, and uh, they're going to, you know, march around Jericho for seven days, and, and uh, Jericho's going to fall. But before they go in, that's, that's when the manna stopped. And the, the, the amazing thing is God's faithfulness to give them the manna, the angel's food, mm-hmm. um, was those 42 years, 40, 40 years, 42 stages, and their sandals didn't wear out. Their clothes didn't wear out. God's, God was faithful. Uh, but Israel changed. God didn't change, but Israel did. Uh, and those who rebelled, their bodies were scattered throughout the wilderness. And there was a big track as they circled these mountains. And there's skeletons today that are just out there waiting to be raised in the resurrection. But they just didn't want to obey. And, there, of course, there's famous examples of rebellions of Korah and how the earth opened up, and their, their bones are somewhere in the earth. 
you had Miriam also and Aaron uh, tried to uh, be honchos themselves, and Miriam became leprous and uh, so many, uh, so many ways, so many things you can learn from the wilderness wanderings of Israel. But just to kind of uh, collapse this uh, sector of fire here, and when I look at this, just just for, remember this: there's uh, the Lord is faithful, and that's when you look at this list. Uh, he provides for the needs for you in the desert, and so we are also uh, as we leave the world. We leave Egypt. The, the New Testament calls the world Egypt, and so when we turn our That's back true. on the on, on the world, we're turn we're leaving Egypt. Our feet are bound for the promised land. Our feet are bound for Zion, and the Lord is faithful to us. And so we could be tempted, like Israel, to to grumble. And uh, the important thing to remember is uh, not to complain about God, but to complain to God. You know, we voice our complaints to God and we ask for and we beseech his throne and plead for God's mercy. We don't complain about God, that he's not doing this and not doing that. That's what, that's what really bothered the Lord. And that's why he was ready to destroy them because they were saying, he brought us out of Egypt. Now he's just going to litter our bodies here in the desert. And, and they, uh, God didn't take too kindly to that. Well, we, we've had this conversation before as far as like the the state of Christian men today, okay? Oh, and, I, and I have always, um, on numerous occasions, uh, expressed to you um, what I feel about a lot of you know Christian men today, okay? Um, I think they're way too docile. I think they're yeah. way too quick to turn the other cheek. I don't think they're confronting evil. Uh, it's, yeah. it's funny, another part that I really like about Numbers 33 is uh, in verse 52, right? Uh, drive out the inhabitants of the land from uh, before you, destroy all of their pictures, destroy all of their molten images, and quite pluck down all of their high places, right? Yeah. Their places of worship. It also says down here if that it, in verse yep. 55, right? If you don't drive the inhabitants out, uh, it shall come to pass that uh, those that you let remain are going to be pricks in your eyes and yeah. thorns in your sides, and they shall vex you in the land wherein you dwell. Now, yeah. to me, you know, we're, we're supposed to confront the evil. Yeah. We're supposed to, like you said earlier, we're supposed to confront the giants. Yeah. That, that's, you know, God. God's very clear about that. Otherwise, they are going to vex us in yeah. the land that we dwell. Aren't we seeing that today, Paul? Absolutely. Uh, see, absolute, uh, like a Pandora's box of, of uh, lunacy. Uh, unless you've been on a rock for the last 10 years or 20 years or so. Yeah, there's, uh, uh, I just see God giving us over to depravity uh, for uh, taking him out of everything. He says, okay, now I'm giving you over to yeah, here, lunacy. Here, here you go. You don't even know what a woman is? Here yeah, you go. Here, yeah, here you go. You don't, you don't want to talk about, you know, and, and this is what the Word of God does. The Bible is the only book that's alive, and it tells us uh, uh, what we are to know about God and the, the duty He requires of us and, and who He is and truth about the world, truth about God, truth about ourselves, and we don't want to do things God's way. He just says, okay, I'm just going to give you over to lunacy, to depravity. Right. Give you over to the brave mind. Yeah, it's, I think it's, it's gotten going so on. bad. It's it's gotten so bad. Of course, it, I'm sure I'm not. You know, I mean, all of us are kind of amazed that you can 
you can turn on the TV today. Yeah. And supposedly an extremely well-educated person, okay, sitting up in front of, let's say, a Senate hearing, okay, to be confirmed to a high position, cannot even provide a definition of what a woman is. Yeah. That's and where I, at. I never, ever thought yeah. I would ever see a day Forward. when someone that's highly educated, supposedly, right, that the so-called elite, right? Yeah. Uh, the all-knowing uh, individuals, they cannot even do so much as define what a woman is. Yeah, it's almost it's almost absurd. But this is common now, right? Yeah, and it's so refreshing. Like uh, Walsh, I could go across right. the street and ask a three-year-old. Oh yeah, they got it. They got it. They'll nail it. But like uh, you know, what is a woman? That's why I love that. Uh, and, and that's that reminds me. Uh, you know, that we're to be salt and light. And then we're the ones who bring uh, order out of chaos. Right. So we think God's thoughts after him. We, we have our minds saturated with the word of God, and we say, no, that's not how God does those things. That's not how we do it. And I think people want to, you know, there's, there's a couple things, you know, it depends on the day, you ask me. But I think a lot of people, they, they want order. You know, they, most people, they want to know, like, hey, look, this is crazy, and we want to make some order here. And so that's yeah. where, that's a call for us to be the conscience of the state and go, look, well, this is how we're supposed to do it. This well, actually think, gives makes you happy. Well, I think about... Um, gives you peace. And I, I think about the yin-yang, if you will. Um, I understand, just like in the universe, there's good and evil, and there's a place for good and evil. I don't I don't think you can appreciate good without evil. Yeah. Um, so I understand the, the sort of the balance, if you will, of order and chaos. But right now, we're not in balance. Yeah. Uh, and I think, what, I think what people are really looking for is, is to get back to balance. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, with, order, with chaos, um, you get creativity. We get our musicians, our artists, our, our writers. I mean, there's a lot of things that you get from, from chaos that are good. But we all know that left to their own accord... Right, those most most of our artists and our Hollywood types that that are extremely talented, without some sort of order in their life, we always see what happens to them. I mean, usually their their lives are horrible. Mm. Um, and just just listen to them. I mean, the drug abuse and the broken multiple marriages, yeah. and I mean, nobody really. Uh, even though sometimes we like, man, that actor is just really fantastic. When you look at their personal lives, you're like, mm. oh my god. Okay, yeah. so. There, there, there is a balance between order and chaos, and we're, we, the universe needs to get back to it somehow. I don't, you know, and the only way to do that, really, in my opinion, is the Word of God. That's because it. that provides the framework yeah. for how we're supposed to live and how we're supposed to do things. Yeah, right people, now, there's, there's nothing. Yeah. There's no order at all. All order is being thrown away. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what we can do. Uh, you know, as godly men, God-fearing men, we fear God, hate evil. And uh, for those of you who listen to me, I think uh, if you've gravitated to hear uh, this podcast, I think that you agree. You know, we're in trouble. And uh, I think the, the, the change can uh, now, we see this too. Think about this. What, if you know what I'm going to say, you know, the pushback and the boycotts of certain brands like, you know, Bud Light yeah, and stuff like that. It's like this is a grassroots movement. Well, why can't we do the same thing with, uh, you know, living – you know, the right way. And, uh, you know, of course, it, it, change can start with us. I hate that. That sounds very Hallmarkish, but it's true. It really is. It can start with your concentric circle, with your family. 
Yeah. And if as a responsible man, I think we talked about this uh, one time. We we're talking about you know the power of no. Yeah. Right. I mean, as men, yeah. that's, isn't that what we're supposed to do as men? Yeah. No. There's there's, there's boundaries. Yeah. That's no, the thing. We're I'm, not doing that. Yeah. No, you're not staying out to two o'clock in the yeah. morning. Exactly. No, we're not buying that. No, we're not doing this. I mean, this is what men do. Yeah. They they look at the nonsense and they say no. Yeah. We got we got so many guys out there that are just like going along. It's it's just they're hard, they're hard to look at. Well, and their their scrot is in their well, wife's pocketbook too. Oh my god! So they're that's part of the problem. But uh, well, I love women. I mean, I'm married to one. I mean, I love yeah. I love my wife. She keeps me straight in a yeah. whole bunch of areas. But the, again, I don't think my wife has a problem with her area. I don't think my wife's necessarily having a problem with with those yeah. things that she's in charge of doing and those things that she brings to the table. I yeah. think in in Western culture, because uh, you and I travel, and we know this is not necessarily something that we see in all cultures, okay? But certainly in Western culture, if you go to Europe, if you go to Australia, if you go to the U.S., if you go to, you know, places where, you know, there's quite a bit of wealth, they, they've benefited greatly from Western culture, we see, a, a, we see a, a, a situation where a lot of the men in Western culture are not fulfilling their obligations are not filling their duties and responsibilities of men and the culture suffering because of it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a whole other podcast on its own. That's the idea. Yeah, I mean, let's I do think, a podcast on that. Yeah. Huh? I think women, uh, and not to dwell on this too is, yeah. but I think women want a man who's, who's genuine, who, who knows boundaries. They, they want structure. They want that. They actually, they may not say it, but they like it when a man opens a door and pulls out the chair and as a gentleman has, and uh, you know, is respectful. They want that. They may not say that. I think they really do want that. I can't imagine any woman that wants to be in a situation where they feel like they have to protect themselves because they can't rely on their partner. Exactly. I I, have not met that woman. Yeah. Uh, Hey, um, yeah, you can just sit over here. I'll, I'll take care of the bad guy. Yeah. Um, that that's that's insane to me. Now that's not you know my wife will pick up a handgun just as quick as anybody will and and you know deal with what she has to deal with. But that's not her primary role in our relationship. I, I did not marry my wife so she could protect me. Yeah. From from, from the bad guys. Then mm. we have, um, you know, years and years and years of evolution that proves me right. So I think you're absolutely right. I think women, even women that um, say they're looking for a Dylan Mulvaney sensitive kind of man, hmm. uh, I think they're lying to themselves. I don't yeah. think I don't think women are attracted to that guy at all, or a guy yeah. that's anywhere near like like that. Yep. Hey, and so the uh, just wrapping this up too, just the the last two. So the first thing I was thinking about in Numbers thirty three is the Lord's faithfulness, right? Mm-hmm. So as you're on your journey, wherever you're at. Hopefully you have uh, been baptized, you know, hopefully. And if you haven't um, repented of your sins and believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, do that. You know, I, I would uh, encourage you to go to a church that preaches Christ crucified. And, and then uh, when you look at Numbers 33, you also see that uh, these places also speak of, uh, uh, you know, Israel where they rebelled the place names, but the Lord doesn't mention that. And uh, what's a, what's awesome about it is uh, the Lord doesn't count our wrongs against us uh, if our sins have been forgiven. 
So it doesn't look back on and hold all these things against us. No, it, says, that. it, it says here in the uh, towards the end of Numbers 33, you're absolutely yeah. right. Did not Israel receive their inheritance? Yeah. yeah. Sure did. After all that all that goings on in the desert, all that yep. all that wickedness, all that uh doubt. Yeah. He he lived up to his bargain. Amen. I also want to suggest this the third the third point I was making is this, there's times in our lives where we think that uh, nothing really special is going on, and God is still faithful. Mm-hmm. He's uh, God's uh, providence is He's still working in the world, uh, everything for His glory and our good. And so I'm happy uh, to to read that and know it that uh, the God who was faithful to His people then He's still faithful now. He's going to bring us all home, and you can the day of your death, you can. Trust that on your last day of life. You can trust in the accuracy and the truth of the Word of God, and you can bet your eternal existence on how true it is and what God is saying is true. So I just want to encourage you guys today. Uh, Amen. As you go on in your journey, uh, you know, you, you need to be on the right journey, number one. If you ain't on there yet, right. you need to do that. Get into church, read your Bible, and pray. And so I'm uh, I'm help. help uh, thankful to be in this uh, new G base, and uh, started off this uh, with a clean slate. Yeah, with, yeah, clean slate. So it's awesome. Excellent. God bless you guys. I'm gonna just end with a prayer. Yep. Father, thank you. Thank you for uh, my friends out there, wherever they're at. I just pray that you be with them. Uh, that you would uh, remind us of your faithfulness. And remind us that uh, you're always working. Uh, you are the the maker and ruler of history. And, uh, Lord, we bow the knee to you. Lord, we ask that you enable us to uh, serve you, to make us more useful, and that we would make a difference in our families, uh, in uh, our places of work. And I pray that you would move our country back to you, to its biblical moorings, that we would uh, once again be a nation in, in which our money says, in whom God, uh, you know, God we trust. And I just thank you for all these things. Uh, be with my friends. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Pinelander Podcast. If you enjoy our unique content, please consider supporting our sponsors. Soft News, providing special operations news from around the world. It's where Paul and I go to keep abreast of what's going on within the soft community. Check them out at soft.news. Blacksmith Publishing, been serving the warrior class since 2013. They have great titles written for warriors, by warriors, If you're looking for excellent reference material or just want to unwind with a great novel, be sure to check out the bookstore located at blacksmithpublishing.com. If you're looking for some cool Pinelander apparel, head on over to the General Store located at pinelandergeneralstore.com. That's all one word, pinelandergeneralstore.com. Have a great selection of shirts, hats, jackets, sweaters, stickers, patches, artwork, and a whole lot more. Check out the store at pinelandergeneralstore.com. If you're interested in helping develop our country's next generation of warriors, uh, please consider donating to the American Agogi Project. The mission of the project is to foster an environment producing able-bodied citizen warrior men of fine character. And we'll be officially launching the project in 2023 in celebration of uh, Blacksmith Publishing's 10th anniversary. Until our next meeting, stay mentally and tactically smart, physically and spiritually strong, 
and socially astute. To each other, we pledge our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. May God continue to bless Prime Land.